0: You are now listening to This and That, a podcast collaboration about some of everything that's anything, with your hosts, David and Brenda. Now, let's get to talking about This and That. Hi everybody, welcome to another edition of This and That. It is June the... 16th, 2019, and we're coming to you again from Podcast Land Studio with another edition of This and That. I am Brenda, also known as Miss Bren-Bren.
1: And this is David, a.k.a. Dr. David, a.k.a. The Professor.
0: And we're excited to be with you yet again, are we not?
1: Of course.
0: Thank you to all of you for continuing to listen to what we have to talk about and we want to give a shout out to all of our listeners like we do in just about every podcast roll call for some of the locations that are listening to us so a shout out to stone mountain georgia
1: sydney florida
0: morrisville pennsylvania louisville kentucky and those are just some of the cities here in the u.s now let's go overseas we have Bangkok, Thailand,
1: Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, Rome, Italy, and Nairobi, Kenya.
0: And as you can see, we have listeners all over the world that are listening to us on demand, anytime, anywhere, and for that we say thank you. Now we also want to give a special shout out to those in the military their families and civilian supporters and those in the U.S. military that are based here in the states as well as overseas. Thank you to your families and like I said, civilian supporters for your service and for listening to this and that. Now, the one thing that I haven't mentioned yet, you do realize that our podcast is free, right?
1: Well, they have to. It's free, and it's still free. It's always been free.
0: Right, and it's free through several podcast applications, streaming
1: services, including... Our home base of SoundCloud, then there is iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play Music, TuneIn, and we're also available on Alexa voice-assisted devices.
0: And like we said... We are available on demand anytime, anywhere. So keep listening to us and uh, be sure and share with others that you are listening to us and you like what we're talking about and you keep coming back over and over and over again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Yes. And if you want to communicate with uh, Brenda or myself, you can send an email to the show's email address, which is this and that at That's this, the letter n, that all nine characters together at sign aboutgreatercincinnati.com. Also, we will add you to the email distribution list that we have if you just drop us a line or just say in the subject "add to email distribution list," and that will. Uh, enable you to be notified when new podcasts are available so make sure you get at it and i do
0: have one additional request and that is we are being listened to in five of the seven continents isn't that right david
1: yes five continents
0: so the two continents where we currently don't have listeners are australia and antarctica So, if you happen to know anybody that lives in Australia or in Antarctica, pass along to them. Share with them that you are listening to our podcast and that they too may want to start listening as well. And if you have anyone that you know on the other continents, share with them as well. We'd like more and more listeners, so keep them coming.
1: And also, um, we're not going to discriminate against low-Earth orbit. The International Space Station has Internet access, so if you know somebody who's on board because of some kind of mission, let them know this and that is available. Already said where they can uh, find it on demand, 24-7, 365.
0: Yeah, International Uh, Space Station, that would be great. Yep. Give us a call. Send us an email. Well, don't give us a call because we don't have a phone number. But you can send us an email.
1: <laughs> Plus, if we don't know. They probably want us to take the charges or something. Though.
0: Yeah. Well. Okay. Unless well. It's a VoIP call. Remember, we're low budget. So, what are we gonna talk about today?
1: Well, today is Tech Edition number two. So um, that means we will be talking uh, all things tech. the The first story that we've got uh, segment is about. The fact that element number two, Helium, uh, is in short supply. And I'll leave it at that because I don't want to steal the thunder about the story. But I kind of labeled it, yes, Virginia, the world really is running out of Helium. Because when I first heard this, it was kind of like, ha, how can that be? But yeah, it is true. Second, we will get into, as promised, with the, the first tech edition and we will be going... Um, with different ones as well. We'll be talking a revolutionary, not evolutionary, but revolutionary technology that is impacting everybody's lives today, whether they realize it or not, and will lay the groundwork for what is being labeled, bundled as the um, fourth industrial revolution. And that technology, this time around, is 5G. And um, this is really going to be... High level, what is 5G, why should you care, What and so forth. So, not going to get into, which it could, uh, me and my um, IT geek friends, we could talk all sorts of acronyms and the like, that's well, not what this we're is about. Well, we're not going to let you talk
0: nope. all kinds of acronyms, because nope. as you said, that's not what this is about, nope. and we want our listeners to really get something out of this, besides just... Different acronyms. Right,
1: and they absolutely will get something out of this. Because, again, 5G is something... It's, it's kind of like um, with um, some of the other technologies we've talked. People hear about these things, but they are bombarded with, a, with a marketing spiel. So they think they know what these things are about, but they really only know what the powers that be want them to know about.
0: Well, don't go any further. Just wait and talk about that. Um, A little bit later in the podcast. Okay. So, and of course, we're going to do Words of Wisdom, right?
1: Yes. And uh, because we were recording on uh, Father's Day, the Words of Wisdom will be uh, essentially Words of Wisdom about uh, fathers.
0: And because today is Father's Day, happy Father's Day to all the dads and dad figures, role models um, that are out there. Um, We appreciate the fact that you are being a father, not just in name only. So, thank you so
1: much. Is this where I start singing Family Reunion? Uh, No. Start doing it. No, 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 no no
0: singing, please. Remember, we don't have any money (laughs) to pay royalties, so, no. All right. But anyway, that gets us started with podcast number 20. More on technology updates or technology podcast number two. So, are we ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Congratulations from this and that to the graduates of 2019. As we said, yes, Virginia, the world is really running out of helium. What exactly does that mean, David?
1: All right, um, well, first of all, just background, what is helium? Helium is one of the core elements of the universe. In fact, it is the second most abundant element. It's number two in the periodic table, if you remember that, from high school, right behind hydrogen. Hydrogen is the most abundant element in the universe, and helium is, is number two, as I said. But now, you just we just said the world is running out. Right, this is why when I first heard this... Um, and And it came up in reference to, believe it or not, um, where most people encounter helium, which is birthday party, party balloons, those type of things.
0: So is this the reason why a lot of party cities
1: are closing? Absolutely. They are closing or um, or I, I guess, cutting back on business because it is just helium has become very, very expensive. Um, and and there, there are reasons for that. The helium, surprisingly, wasn't even discovered until the late 1800s, and it wasn't even discovered on Earth. What happened was there was a, a solar eclipse, and there was a French astronomer that noticed when he was looking at, you know, how you can't look directly at solar eclipses unless you want to go blind, and he had put together what kind of filters. This is the 19th century, late 19th century. So, there was like a yellow streak across his photograph of... And photography was new, too, relatively speaking. And it was like this yellow streak. And he started analyzing that, and the wavelength is what the yellow came from. And it didn't match up on any known element at the time. So he just kind of set it aside because he's not a chemist or anything. it was kind of like, oh, this is interesting. He published that out there. And um, later on, a... Um, English-based astronomer took that up and compared all the wavelengths and confirmed, yes, this is a new element. And because it was based on that um, solar eclipse, that astronomer named the element helium after the Greek god Helios, meaning sun. That's where the name came from. So
0: let's go back to school for a little bit. Mm -hmm. What's the um, element on the periodic table? What's the symbol?
1: Um, It's H-E.
0: That's what I thought. Yeah. All right. So when you see H E short for helium, not right. he, helium. Right,
1: H is hydrogen, H E is helium. Um so that's when helium was discovered. And it was in it and like I said, it wasn't even discovered on Earth. It was just they knew it was there and then it became over time, the next like twenty, thirty years, they noticed more and more this wavelength, and and I'm not going to get into the whys and wherefores of how they determined it. It was very, very abundant. But they, you know, that, that was that. Uh, it was accidentally discovered um, in Kansas, of all places, during a uh, oil well, natural gas well strike. And most of the helium on Earth is found this way, around... Um, natural, natural gas or oil production and the like. In the U.S. again to keep this you know from getting super geeky not gonna get in the whys and wherefores but the U.S. helium is trapped in the rocks m- much more than anywhere else on earth so the U.S. ended up after they discovered this they discovered that the U.S. basically had a monopoly on helium until very, very recently. It had, like, most of the helium in the world, like over 90% of the helium in the world, came from the United States until really about the late 1990s, and I'll get into what that's about. But and, you just said, we're running out. Yes, I'll get, get to that. So, uh, basically, helium was seen as kind of worthless, but it was lighter than air, so you could use it in balloons. When World War I came up, they saw that they could use balloons, they could use them for spying, they could use balloons to send, you know, bombs and some other things like that. So the U.S. really monopolized it and they passed a law where they, weren't even gonna, they didn't even sell it for a while. And this is why, this is a fun fact, at least for me, this is why the Nazis use hydrogen in their dirigibles. And dirigibles is a fancy name for blimps. Uh, and hydrogen... As some people will know, because of the Hindenburg disaster, is highly combustible, and it, I never understood. It's like, why did they use hydrogen versus helium? This is the reason why. Well, now All you, the helium in the world. That question has now been answered. Was coming from the United States, and we weren't selling it um, from like the the twenties until well past World War World War Two. So that's that's why the Germans used hydrogen. Um, we're running out of helium because in 1996 and i've been trying to figure out the reasons why and the main thing i can see is just cost the the us built up a strategic reserve of helium all the helium in the united states for the, for the most part comes from two places there's this strategic helium reserve they built in amarillo because most of the stuff i talked about kansas Geographically, underground, all this stuff is very, very close. So they built this reserve in Amarillo. In Texas? And then Amarillo, Texas, yes. There's they, they built it out of um, 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 anhydrite and some other stuff so that they, it traps the helium and it can't, can't leave. Because once helium gets into the atmosphere, it eventually is going to get into space. And trying to get helium out of the atmosphere is not economical by our technology today. So once it's in the air, it's gone. It's going to go into space and that's that. And then it's lost to the earth forever once it gets into space. So it's there and it's in Wyoming. And in 1996, because there weren't that many uses at the time for helium and it costs a lot to maintain this stuff, they passed uh, an act basically the Helium Privatization Act. And the whole point was by 2018 for the Strategic Reserve to be depleted. And what happened was, and this makes no sense to me, even with what was known or not known at the time, but what happened was people would buy helium from the United States because they were selling it below market rates. Again, this is kind of dumb. And people would, what do you think they did? They would turn around and sell it for more. And they were making good money off of this. So there was no incentive to find helium anywhere in the world, which was hard to find anyway. So you had the U.S., which started out with 90-plus monopoly. Now we're down to, like, around 40%. Then the other two major sources that came online in the late 80s, early 90s, Algeria, the country of Algeria, has, like, three places where they mine helium and that's where Europe gets all their helium from Algeria and then the other places, Qatar or Qatar, some people pronounce it a different way where we have a massive US base in the Middle East they're another source of of helium and that's pretty much it, you got these little penny-ante stuff but that's pretty much it Um, the problem was that all of a sudden you had technologies like um, MRIs for imaging and a lot of things around quantum mechanics and material science that need helium can cool things down. When you make it liquid, it, can, it, it is the only way to really, really cool stuff down to near absolute zero. And if you remember, again, from high school, chemistry or physics, that's where atoms, it's so cold that atoms at the subatomic level stop moving. And you really want to do that for a lot of different things.
0: I have a question. Yes. You know when we sometimes watch the cooking shows? hmm Is that what they're using, the cool stuff?
1: No, that's liquid nitrogen. Oh, okay. No, because helium would make it way too cold. Um, no, helium is used, like I said, in MRIs, to so cool MRIs, because the magnets get very, very hot. So it's used to cool those. It's used to grow semiconductor crystals, So uh, which are the precursors for all the microchips that are made without the semiconductor precursors, you don't get microchips wafers. And so, helium's the only way to get... The, everything that's done with helium, there are no substitutes.
0: So, bottom line, this is a big deal.
1: Yes, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Now, the scientific community with their experiments, which uses 3% of the helium, they were the ones who were, who were sounding the alarm bells the loudest, which I find interesting. Uh, and um, they actually got the U.S. Congress in 2011 or 2012 to to modify this Helium uh, Privatization Act. They're still selling it, but they're not selling it at below market rates and they're going to move to like an auction system, that type of thing.
0: So what are we going to do now that helium is going away?
1: Uh, Well, they recycle. Like the Macy's Parade, you recycle helium. Uh, Because again, once the helium is gone into the atmosphere and then into space, it's gone. People have looked at can you mine helium from the moon? That's, um, um, well, normal helium, it's not practical. But helium-3, which is, it's got another, um, atom tied to it, that, apparently, that is practical to, to to mine. I'm not sure what the differences will be between helium-2 and helium-3 as far as some of the things people are, are doing with it. But, People, those a, a lot of other things. Can you get it from the atmosphere? No. Um, and so on. There's, and there's no substitutes. People have looked at, like, gas. Oil and gas. Oil runs out, so people make synthetic fuels and some other stuff. Or you go to ethanol, and, and that works just fine. Not for the uses for helium. If you don't have helium, you can't do a lot of the stuff.
0: So the um, balloon that I have, that I've had for <laughs> four months... Um, where somebody gave me a balloon for a a special occasion and it is helium Yes. so there's nothing I can do to save what little bit of helium is left in that balloon because it still looks like it's in good shape and it's been four months later
1: (sighs) there's no there's no way you or I can harvest that helium out and and save it somewhere we just don't have we just don't have the tools and techniques to do that.
0: Well, if things are going like they're going now, I think I'm going to have this balloon till the end <laughs> of the year cuz it is not going away.
1: Now, the good news is, and that may be you know, speculating, that that may be a byproduct of the fact that helium is just scarce. They may be building balloon fabric differently. I don't I don't know. But they they um are scientists that um researchers in the UK that have figured out a way to actually locate helium prospect for helium the way you might prospect for gold or oil and natural gas because before then like I said you just found it by accident and they they tested it out and they found a new source in Tanzania the country of Tanzania of helium because apparently volcanic activity loosens up um, helium and the way the the rocks You've seen, like, pumice and some other stuff that are formed by volcan- volcanoes. Well, some of the volcanic uh, rock formations trap it. And there's enough helium there to power um, well over, like, a million MRIs to cool them off for um, their, the lifetime of their usage. And apparently there are only 25,000 MRIs in existence on the planet Earth. So... Good source of helium. They just got to figure out a way to get it out. Get it out from what's in there. So that's a new source, and they're going to use this technique to try and find other sources. So that's the good news. Once again, science is probably going to bail us out, and we'll find where there's helium that's been trapped in the Earth for millions of years, and it's enough for what we're doing with it, at least today.
0: Well, as we said, yes, Virginia... The world really is running out of helium. So stay tuned and we'll see what happens.
1: And don't waste helium making Donald Duck voices.
0: You are now listening to This and That with David and Brenda. So as part of our um, technology discussion, what's this thing called
1: 5G? 5G... That is the new wireless generation of technology. About every 10 years, the wireless industry, ever since the first cell phone and cell phone companies were out, there's different technology levels. And every 10 years, just about, they come up with a new generation of technology. Now, 5G is is a little bit different. And it's not, it's marketed as, oh, it's, it's going to be this great speed and you'll be able to do all these whiz bang things in your house or with business and the like. Uh, but it's not just the speed, it's but the that, lack of the speed, latency. The speed is just a byproduct. No, the speed is different. Let me, I'll put it, put it to you this way the if you have a 4G LTE network and you have like the latest, greatest, Uh, iPhone, and you're in optimal conditions, you can download a full-blown movie. movie's about 90 minutes or so. In, you know, not ultra HD quality or like probably in in HD quality, you could download that movie on a 4G LTE network in roughly six minutes or so. (coughs) Excuse me. With... Four, with that's with four G LTE, with five G that same movie you could download that in oh, 15 seconds.
0: But let's be real. The whole. You thing not hear wrong. what I just said. Yeah, I heard. I heard what you said. Fifteen seconds. You went from four minutes. No, to I went from
1: six minutes. Okay,
0: you went from six minutes
1: <laughs> to fifteen, to 15 seconds.
0: seconds. I get that. It's really quick, really fast. And we we need to move towards that. I get it. Plus, it's but plus, it's at the same lack of time latency. people are gonna make money off of this. So let's be for real. It's about the Benjamins. It's well, about the money. Well,
1: yes, and that's the real the real reason why five G or all these new generations. The whole the real reason is the wireless industry wants to make money. It's just like the car industry. You don't keep producing you know the same old car over and over because people aren't gonna buy it. You gotta spruce it up, you gotta get new features and the like. Or if a new smartphone, the same kind of thing. So that's that's really you're exactly right. That's what these things are normally about. Again, 5G is a little bit different because um another fun fact. Um meteorologically, global warming small g, small w. There's no dispute that the Earth is getting hotter and hotter, that type of thing. Well, there's a very well-respected study that was done in China, going back. There actually have been two studies since 2011 that show that the wireless industry, with um, is probably, mm, I would say, about two percent of small g small w global warming is due to the wireless industry and the fact that their equipment is so hot and in fact half of it for a 4G LTE network the operator of a 4G LTE network 50% of their operating budget is for coolant and air conditioning let me say that again 50% 50% of your wireless carriers budget to operate the equipment. Cooling, air conditioning. Now, if you're on a 3G network, and in China, China Mobile, that's a lot of places in the developing world are still 3G. And China Mobile has the largest 3G 3G network because China's got a huge population. Uh, for them, it's it's you know not half, it's 46% of their budget is spent on cooling and the like. That's, I mean, that's real dollars. And it's becoming unsustainable. 4G and definitely 3G are becoming unsustainable for the carriers. And uh, McKinsey & Company, who are, you know, consultants to businesses, and then Wall Street analysts, they've all, within the last two or three years, put out reports that have basically said the wireless industry is falling apart. They cannot sustain their business models because they're getting to the point where they're not going to make money they're going to have to spend tons and tons of money just making sure their equipment runs and operates effectively so the Chinese actually saw this back in 2011 with their studies and they proposed to their standards bodies for the wireless industries just like with computing and everything else so they proposed um, back then new technologies so that it would be more energy efficient the wireless industry. And that is where 5G really came from. So that is the groundwork for 5G because 5G, the radios and everything, 5G NR standard, next radio standards, they're based on that technology where it will be very, very energy efficient, uh, low maintenance, very adaptable, and they don't have these problems. And as far as putting off tons of heat and spending tons of money to make sure that they can cool that and then having the space to rent because you have to have the you know, refrigerator cool and everything else and that adds up the space all that goes away with 5G which is why you can have it everywhere and like that's so and this is also why in my opinion nobody says this this is why the Chinese through their company Huawei are the leaders in it because they invented the standard so to speak and they've been focused on it's a real problem for them so they're way ahead of the game with all things five G.
0: All right. So nothing
1: inherent about, you know, they're smarter or whatever. No. They they had to solve a problem.
0: Okay. So no doubt five G is gonna happen here in the US.
1: It's gonna happen all around the world.
0: Well, I know that, but it's going to well well
1: before you but, get to your we'll go ahead and ask a question. My but question lay is some more groundwork here.
0: Five G is gonna happen. Eventually. So, so what does that mean? In terms of um is it underground stuff is, no. it, is it overhead kind of stuff i mean i'm I've heard about the fact that there is a place in San Francisco, a neighborhood that is opposing 5g being set up in their neighborhood, and I think the courts have ruled in their favor, and I don't understand what that means
1: okay before we before I answer that. To move to 5G, most of these technologies have, you, you know, you have backwards compatibility. You had it with, you know, computers, had the phone system, you had it with wireless as well. 5G is not backwards compatible. Everything has to change. That's from consumer handsets, that's to the standards, that's to the antennas, all the infrastructure, everything has to change. The best way I've seen this described for, for lay people is imagine, and I'm back in the 19th century, but imagine that all the um, wire, quote-unquote wireless, as they called it back then, Morse um, um, uh, um, code, um, what's the technology called? Morse code? No, that's the, the code, but the technology is um telegraph yes telegraphs thank you imagine that all the telegraph operators got together like your wireless carriers for cell phones today and they decided that they were going to move from you know just telegraphs wireless technology you know quote unquote wireless which had wires in some cases um and morse code they're going to move that to fax That's how, and it was 19th century, and they were going to move to facts circa, you know, 1970s, which, of course, looked the same in the 1980s. That's what 5G is going to look like. So let that sink in. Everything has to change. So that's a lot of money that has to go out, number one. How, who's going to fund this? It's not going to be government. I mean, we're a capitalist society. So, you know, China and some other places, they might be able to get government assistance because they're, you know, in some cases, government companies, or at least controlled by the government, directly or indirectly. In the U.S., that's not the case. In Europe, that's not the case. And everywhere else. So they have to fund this huge change. And that's part of the marketing BS, I'll call it, to try and make people feel that their 4G phones and the like all of a sudden are completely inadequate and 5G is right around the corner. And you're and seeing these 5G stepping stone kind of intermittent technologies that Verizon and AT&T and all these people have, and people have been doing trials and so forth to show that this is real and it's coming and try and get people into phones and also to get the carriers to change because carriers have to change the underlying technology as well. And the way 5G works um, and I'm not going to get into all the different, you know, millimeter wavelengths, all this other stuff. Suffice it to say, they're going to have to be a lot more antennas everywhere. And this is what in San Francisco they're they're opposed to. Now, you and I remember when you grew up and everybody had an antenna on their home, basically regular TV antenna. Yeah. And you had tons of those, and you had above ground. Um, um, Poles for telephones and that type of thing and all that stuff yeah you're gonna see that everywhere against and so the greenies the environmentalists they hate it because their areas now because we're doing things wireless or you don't you have these microwave antennas you know miles apart no we're back to yeah you're not gonna see wires strung but you're gonna see tons of these antennas it's, all over the place so to make things me. work. And in San Francisco, they don't like it because how they look, and plus they're like, oh, this microwave radiation, we're gonna die, we're gonna die.
0: So you're you're telling me we're kind <laughs> of going back to the future?
1: Of course, eventually everything goes back to the future in some kind of way, and that's 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 part of it. And again, I'm not going to get into the whole whole thing about you know you know uh, the different aspects of, of 5G, but but suffice it to say, there are going to be a lot more antennas. Um, That have to happen, and in some cases, because the U.S. has a lot of rural things, the way they want to do, the way you could do 5G in cities, and the way you could do 5G and it's not cities, don't really mesh. And this is why I said it's coming eventually. They'll tell you Verizon, everybody but Sprint in the U.S. will say they'll have it this year. Sprint says they'll have it next year, but really, it's just these intermediate technologies. And I would not buy a 5G smartphone because it's probably not going to work on the the bandwidth the spectrum uh um that counts the, the different megahertz and like it's and that's all I'll say about that it's not gonna they're not gonna be on the real because part of what five g is doing is you remember we changed to digital television we talked about the t v antennas and everything else people may still. Have it, TV antennas are completely different now, you, you, because it's not analog. Right. That spectrum of analog is going to be repurposed for five G. There's a lot of things that have gone away because of digital, but they're going to be m- used by five G. So five, unlike normal cell phones, which is like I'm in this range of, you know, I'm just making this up two point two point one to five, you know megahertz or something like that. 5G is going to be all around. you have that span, you have this band, you'll have another band. It's going to be like a multi-band radio where I can turn the dial and it's AM. I'll turn the, Now I'm, I've got FM. Oh, now I've got shortwave one, shortwave two, weather radar. That's kind of like 5G. 5G radios and the handsets are radios. They're going to be able to operate on all sorts of different frequencies. That stuff is not here yet. And it's a, is a, a ways away, and there's still some fights over it, depending on which country you're in.
0: So a key takeaway from this discussion, it's coming. So we just need to keep an eye out and
1: get ready. Yes, but... it's going to happen. Why should you care? The why you should care is, again, it's very fast, but it also doesn't have latency. And what that means is, if you have a... If, we'll pick on Apple iPhones. If you talk to Siri and say, hey, Siri, um, what's the joke of the day? It's not going to answer you right away like a person right next to you. That's what latency is. 5G has very short latency. So you can have different applications between the speed and the latency. And China and the U.S. especially see this as being very strategic and competitive advantage because you can tie this. There's going to be a lot more machine-to-machine Um, uh, communications with 5G than we have now because of the quote-unquote Internet of Things and there's a lot of this going on today and actually going from it was very efficient on 2G but 3G and and 4G actually made it less efficient for machine-to-machine wireless communications and I'm not going to get into the details of that but that's another back to the future because those folks have been complaining for decades and we're going to see, you're going to have programs talk to each other without human beings in um, in the loop. And then we may get the byproduct of that, and the alarmists might say that might lead to, you know, Judgment Day and having to fight the Terminator and everything else. But that part is coming, and that's another reason why you should care, because it's completely different business models today you have wi-fi in your home and you might have wire you know have to plug stuff in at work and everything else in the future every network is going to be 5g it's going to be the wireless network with smartphones and everything else so it all changes
0: so the g stands for generation correct yeah just like 4g all right so like we said folks get ready it's coming Stay up on the news, listen, read, be prepared.
1: Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there from This and That with David and Brenda.
0: Our This and That words of wisdom today comes from a very popular person that many of us are familiar with, and that is Billy Graham, who was presidential or spiritual counsel to every U.S. president from Harry Truman, he was the 33rd president, to Barack Obama, our 44th president. And, of course, um, Mr. Graham, Pastor Graham, is now deceased, but he he leaves a legacy of words that many of us have grown to live by, given his counsel. And he gave some counsel on the meaning of fathers. And while we celebrated Father's Day on the third Sunday of every June, we need to remember that every day is Father's Day. And so, let's listen to a quote that Pastor Graham left for us to remember about dads.
1: And that quote is, a good father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, unnoticed, and yet one of the most valuable assets in our society. Close quote. Now, that, in my opinion, essentially speaks for itself, and Father's Day, just to be real about it, always takes a backseat a little bit to Mother's Day. But Father's Day, in some respects, and I can't remember what comedian recently I heard this from. I don't know if it was original from from him or not. Uh, But it was Father's Day really should be, um, you know, Dad's Day or Daddy's Day. Because a lot of people are fathers, as in biological fathers, but then they are quote-unquote absent. And Father's Day really makes a distinction between folks who are dads, people who are going to take the time to spend time with their children, nurture them, give them life lessons lessons, directly and indirectly, and so on. And that is to which um, Billy Graham was speaking.
0: Well, I think that brings us to the end of our technology edition number two of This and That. Is it not? It does indeed. So, episode 20 is a wrap. So, thank you very much for everybody who has listened into this. And I hope you got some nuggets out of our conversation today and that you share. What you have learned with others.
1: Once again, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. And of course, we'll be back in a week or
0: so with another edition of This and That. So until then, all the best. Peace out. Bye, folks. You have been listening to This and That, a podcast collaboration about some of everything about anything. This has been hosted by David and Brenda and is presented by AboutGreaterCincinnati.com. Music by Pottington Bayer. Please subscribe to our podcast so that you can stay up to date about future episodes. If you have any comments or suggestions about this episode, future episodes. Interested in sponsorship and/or advertising? Please email us at this and that at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. All rights reserved. Thank you, and all the best.